Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I'm your host, Janae Ledger. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is episode number 79. It is the beginning of November if you're listening to this when it first came out. So happy November. It's, you know, almost Thanksgiving time. That's, you know, such a great holiday. Uh, we just celebrated my personal favorite holiday, which is Halloween. So I hope you guys all had a lovely Halloween if you celebrated. Um, I just love Halloween because I feel like you can just dress up, have a party, do whatever the fuck you want, be whoever you want, and it can be as creative or simple or slutty as you want. So that's why I love it. It's just so much fun. And... Yeah, so I have a very exciting episode for you guys today, but before we get into that, I would love for you to connect with me on my Facebook group, My Naked Mindsetters. Let's connect on TikTok, My Naked Mindset. You can find me over there as well, and definitely check out my website because I have some really cute merch. There's something for everyone. I have t-shirts, I have sandals, I have little bags, I have sweatshirts, men and women's, so definitely check it out, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. Our guest today is a licensed mental health therapist and also a sex therapist who focuses on non-monogamous relationships and as well as queer relationships and individuals. Everyone, please welcome Karen to the show. Hi, thank you. I'm so happy you're here. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get into our topic. Uh, I always like to ask people the first question is like how you got to where you are today. How did you get into the therapy world? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think as far as therapy goes, you know, m- like most therapists, I had my own mental health struggles to get here. And also, you know, specifically in, in the non-monogamy world, I'd been non-monogamous for quite a while and, you know, struggled with it like most people do because it is yeah. so very difficult when there just isn't a whole lot out there, right? We don't have right. good examples of non-monogamy out in the world to really look up to. And so I struggled with it a lot. Um, I heard from a lot of my friends, you know, out there, there's just no good therapist doing this work to help me get through this. Mm. So um, I went into it. It was a career change for me. I didn't like my old career. And so I decided to to take this career change. Uh, I really liked talking to people about their experiences um, and so I went in this direction, wasn't quite sure, you know, I was going to end up in private practice to start out, but I was very assured by my, my teachers um, mm. that, that it was definitely a good place to go. You know, the school I went to had this sex therapy certificate and I was like, all right, right up my alley. <laughs> awesome. And and so we went in that direction and, um, you know, I got out and there was just, you know, such a need for this particular niche that I was instantly able to get into it and and just start working with this particular niche. And it it, it just worked out so well for me, really. Wow. And I really love working with it. That's so inspiring too, because we need people like that in this world of just like something that's not as, you know, popular or we have people to talk to about these certain topics, right? Because I think 
it is so hard when there's when there's, when there's something sp- so specific and you're like, I really want to know more about this or I want advice or a third party or just something that I can bounce ideas off of. I know that's something that I went to therapy for and I think therapy is an amazing tool. I think so many people, I think as the years grow, I really truly think that the the, the stigma around therapy in general has become better and we're I think we're really adapting to oh it's really not that bad it's just it should be just like oh I go to the doctor for a hurt leg right I go to the doctor for my brain which is literally the most important part of us (laughs) I always say that and it's so Mm -hmm. true and I that is so cool that you kind of found what you were interested in and you kind of just went with it so that's really really cool um so I guess getting into some of our topics today we're going to be talking about some non-monogamy uh, conversations and then we're also going to be getting into some new relationship energy and limerence which I am so excited to chat with you about yeah. as well as some jealousy in relationships because I know that that can be obviously a definitely a hard a hard subject for some people to talk about and it's I think I think it's just an interesting topic because I think so many people you know it's such a common feeling right it's yeah. such a common feeling to feel jealous or you know I don't know there's just there's so much stuff around that I think that so I think it'll be really really interesting to get into Mm -hmm. um but I do want to know about some of like experiences with non-monogamy I guess what is your what what have you experienced or maybe some of your clients like what what's something that you find um people are struggling with with non-monogamy yeah. Well, certainly jealousy is, is the big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, jealousy and, and new relationship energy are kind of the two biggest ones. And and navigating, you know, um, uh, wrapped up in that is often desire discrepancy, right? Like it is a right. sex therapist that comes up with it too. Um, and relationships, but like, you know, how, how do we open up the relationship and then navigate these two particular things right Mm. first there's the new relationship energy comes up you know it's usually one person experiencing it and the other person going what do I do my per my partner's turning into a crazy person with this and they're not paying attention to me anymore and then the jealousy comes up right so they're very intertwined often Mm. and you know so we'll often be navigating both of these things at the same time, especially when people are very new to the concept of non-monogamy and, and they're kind of hitting their head against the wall, trying to figure out like, you know, I didn't think I was a jealous person. Why am I suddenly a jealous person? Or I don't understand why my partner is so jealous. I'm with them. I don't understand what they're seeing, right? Mm-hmm. That That is causing this. I keep trying to give them reassurance, but nothing seems to be working, right? So, the, you know, it, it gets into, those are, you know, primarily the, the biggest ones. Um, and, you know, often people have questions because our culture is so, um, you know, doesn't have a lot of good conversations about sex, you know, starting in in middle school and high school, we don't have good conversations around this. So there's often a lot of questions about, you know, basic sex protocols like how do we even talk about sex with each other how do we talk about pleasure with each other so that comes up quite a bit as well yeah that's super interesting and I completely agree the 
how we were taught sex ed, I could go on a whole rampage about that, but I feel like it's just, it's so abstinent based. It's so Mm -hmm. not like pleasure. Like, oh, that's so bad. Like it's for baby making. And I think that's Mm -hmm. such bullshit to be honest, Mm -hmm. but I think that there's, there's such, uh, I could, I could go on and on about that, but Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to be able to have these conversations and to be able to communicate what you're wants, needs, desires are with your partner. Mm -hmm. Um, So what do you usually suggest? Like if a couple comes to you and they say, hey, we really want to try out non-monogamy, what do you usually suggest them like being introduced to first? Like what do you suggest? Mm -hmm. I I usually go through, you know, what are your reasons for wanting to open up the relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of people think that it's going to fix something, about the relationship and it it doesn't it's just gonna make probably gonna make it worse you got to fix the thing first and then try to open up the relationship if you try to open up the relationship um you know with these problems you're just gonna have those problems and a a pile of other problems on top of it right so i often try to address that first there aren't a whole lot of things that opening up your relationship is actually gonna fix right Mm. And, and even you know i go back to the desire discrepancy you know you're still going to have that problem in the core relationship. You're not actually fixing that problem. You just end up with desire discrepancy and jealousy. Right. Um, And and then also like, it turns out people aren't one-to-one analog replacements for each other. You still have the same problem. Right. So that's the first place I send people is like, figure out what you're wanting to do this for, right? Is it because it matches your values? Is it because you feel your orientation is non-monogamous, right? Or is it because you're trying to fix something? Because you're not actually going to be able to do that. So that's kind of where I start people at with that process and really examining those. Right. That's a good question too. Because like, what what are you trying to get out of this situation? Mm -hmm. Like, like you were saying, like, are you wanting to explore? Like there could, I'm sure there could be a, a number of things that people yeah. really want out of, you know, trying it out. Mm-hmm. You now, if someone, you know, is having trouble with maybe their partner, you know, being with someone else and mm-hmm. I guess the jealousy part of it. And I, I definitely want to get more into that a little bit later in the podcast, but um, you know, if, if one person, cause is it, is it oftentimes that one person in the relationship is more jealous and then the other one is kind of not as jealous, would you say? I think that depends. Sometimes I see it where both of them are jealous and it it also Mm. can depend. It can go back and forth, especially if one person is dating more and then it, it sometimes turns tables and then the other one's dating more. And so, you know, the person who's dating more can be the less jealous one. And then, you know, the tables turn. So it it can depend. Sometimes it's Mm. only one person, but sometimes it's both. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's going to be, I mean, I feel like from what I've heard, I've podcasted with a few folks um, talking about these, these subjects and I'm always so intrigued. And I think um, most of them always say like, you have to have insanely strong foundation to your Mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. You have to have insanely great communication with each other throughout the entire process. Like if you're uncomfortable with something, you have to speak up because then that person's Mm -hmm. not going to know. And I think just really just kind of like checking in with each other, I think is so important too of, Hey, like, how do you think that interaction went? And, and just kind of 
really overly communicating every single step of the way like if they go on a date with someone like oh and they come back and you kind of like talk about it and maybe talk about you know your boundaries and stuff like that. I mean boundaries are I think way before that but speaking about like oh hey like I don't really I'm not really comfortable with that um and kind of just just playing it out but what I've heard is just really having that super solid foundation will really set you up for success yep yep definitely is there any other like little tidbits that you can or like tips that you can share with my listeners if they're interested in trying it out or um you know they're kind of curious about it yeah you've got to go out there and it's a good idea to read some of the books or you know get some of that information so you know what you're getting yourself into right a lot of people will go open up the relationship um and they have some idea about they what they want out of non-monogamy but they don't really do any research into what they're getting themselves into and they'll like try to put agreements into place without really understanding what they're asking for in those agreements and those agreements always end up backfiring because the agreements, you know, they put in veto power or we have to date people at the same time and they don't really know what they're asking for in those agreements and they don't understand how they're, the logistics of those agreements are often very difficult right? or unrealistic or they contain loopholes that they, they don't fully understand. And if you just go do a little research on the Internet, you'll find plenty of people who will give you commentary on why these agreements don't work. <laughs> Right. Uh, so just going out and doing a little bit of research before you get into it, if you don't go seek like a coach or a class or something specifically about this, right, or a therapist specifically about this to help you get some of this, at the very minimum, you should be doing, you know, something to understand what you're getting yourself into. Mm, that's really great advice. I love that. Um, what would you say is like the biggest misconception about non-monogamy? Mm, I, I think it depends on what direction you're coming from, right? If, mm. if you don't know anything about it at all and you're not interested in it, the biggest misconception tends to be that, uh, oh, I'm I'm jealous, so I could never do that, uh, which, you know, obviously being, you know, non-monogamous doesn't stop you from being jealous, right? Plenty right, of different right. people get into it. Not a big deal. Uh, or it's uh, some form of legalized cheating, right? Which Mm. obviously it's not that either. If you're a little bit more, you know, you're more likely to get into it, more interested into it. I think the biggest misconception is the one we've already mentioned about it's going to fix something in the relationship, Mm. right? Interesting. Mm. That is super interesting. And hey, I I think it totally can work. And I think there's so many, like you were saying, there's so many different, styles of it right too Mm -hmm. like there's so many different ways to do it and I think Mm -hmm. doing your research like you said you know maybe I've heard of folks kind of like little by little dabbling in it and kind of like coming back and seeing you know like speaking with your partner and say hey like I really want to try this out and kind of just like slowly easing into it um that's kind of what I've what I've gathered from from who I've interviewed and stuff like that and doing my research so that is, yeah. that is really good advice. I love that. Yeah. Um, do you have any personal experiences that you would like to share about, you know, something that was really exciting or really great, or maybe didn't go so well? <laughs> well, my, um, you know, 
me getting into non-monogamy and this was like over a decade ago right and there were very few books or you know anything out there at the time that I was aware of um you know it was I think I started out in a a quad right Mm. Uh, you know so there were four of us kind of dating each other and it's notoriously difficult to to get into that relationship structure and keep it in it fell apart very quickly. And mm. like, I learned a lot from that, but it's just re- mm. has reminded me that like trying to get into, you know, a complex relationship structure right off the bat is maybe not the best idea <laughs> to begin with. Right. And, and you, it, it just went into the whole, you know, dating separately is a good slow way to get into the non-monogamy. And I think sometimes people want to jump in and, and date together and then that's fine, right? You know, you can give that a try, but you got to understand that you're asking for sometimes even a more complex than you realize when you do it that way than if you're trying to date separately. It sounds less complex, but it's actually more complex to do it that way. And is uh, that because there's more people involved, would you say? That's yeah, there's of- a lot more feelings involved right that like everyone and everyone's feelings there's a lot more ability to triangulate just to use like some more you know therapeutic uh jargon like the the ability to triangulate and get people's you know um feelings crossed and pull people sort of into the drama is just a lot easier right Mm -hmm. Uh, and and so that can create some problems because it the boundaries are are not um, well-defined and it, it right. can be easier to have more rigid boundaries in the beginning than to have the, the, the looser boundaries. Mm, interesting. Um, well, thank you for sharing that too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's get into, let's pivot a little bit here and let's yeah. get into our new relationship energy and limerence. So what would you say if someone is like, what is that? How would you kind of um, describe what that is? Yeah. I, that's just the, the period of excitement at the beginning of the relationship. And actually the limerence comes from um, some research that was done in the sixties that wasn't even talking about just relationships in terms of romantic relationships. Even people getting into friendships can feel this, right? This Mm. excitement and around a new friendship where you just want to spend all your time with them. And one of the bigger um, components of this is the desire to have that, those feelings reciprocated back at you. Right. And so you get really interested really swept up in the emotions and you want to, you know, you want to see them reflecting those back at you and, and your mood becomes greatly dependent on like the other person's mood. Right. And it can, you know, there's, there's varying levels of this. Some people feel it very strongly. Some people aren't Mm. sure they ever feel this, you know, early stages, right. They, they kind of very slowly move into relationships. So different people experience different levels of, of NRE and, and that's okay. It doesn't mean anything about whether or not the relationship is viable or not, right? This right. is just a chemical state in the brain, right? That That is our body convincing us that we can trust this person without actually having any evidence that we can trust this person, right? So it's this like great chemical bond that if you know what's going on, just enjoy it right? Just have fun with it, right? But recognize that it's kind of your body lying to you about how trustworthy this person is. Mm, It's almost like a dopamine rush, right? It it is absolutely more oxytocin, right? Oxytocin, vasopressin, it's hormones and some neurotransmitters too. The dopamine and serotonin get uh, 
get to play in there. Gabapentin plays in there too as well. Interesting. Yeah, I I'm definitely I am definitely a culprit of this. I will not mm-hmm. lie. When I get into, I mean, I'm engaged yes. now, but <laughs> when I was in my dating world and on the dating apps, the whole nine, you know, fun, fun stuff. Um, I definitely did experience this on a few occasions and it can be like, it's, it's kind of hard to like remove yourself. Right. Cause you're like mm-hmm. so in it. You're so invested. You want to just be like talking to that person, thinking about them constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's really like, it's kind of overwhelming. Right. And it's sometimes hard to like remove yourself from that from that high that's what I'm gonna call it it's like that's what I feel like I felt when I you know when you're talking to someone new and it's so it's so exciting Mm -hmm. um but I think it can be it can be really like you were saying it's like your your body is just like so involved that it's it's like it, it like you're lying to yourself oh yeah yeah and they've done research on on the oxytocin the primary component in it and Mm. it it leads it's the same chemical that you get when you're breastfeeding after you have babies right and it's literally the bonding chemical right Mm -hmm. so you get this in your system flowing through your system and you're more likely to see the other person that you're bonding with as like having all these positive qualities and you're going to minimize their negative qualities right and you you in-group them right when when they spray this stuff up people's noses they in-group the people around them and they out-group other people. So you'll in-group this partner and you could be out-grouping your other partner if your other partner is starting to get jealous, right? Your old partner is getting jealous and you're like, why Why are you behaving like that? Why are you jealous, right? You might start pushing them away because you see them as not, not being in this system over here. So it's got some really interesting properties you know, to, to do that. And that's why sometimes the, you know, you, if you're the one in in NRE, you don't see that you're pushing your old partner away and really getting sucked into this new relationship. But the old partner's like, what's going on? I feel like I'm getting pushed away. Right. I feel like I'm getting outgrouped by my partner. That leads to it. The, the jealousy. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that this also, can be like an attachment right like oh yeah so attached too quickly mm-hmm. too fast yes um yes and and how do you think folks can like avoid mm-hmm. you know this energy and and kind of becoming attached too quickly yeah what would you suggest the the best way to do this and they've they've done the science on this too which is really cool is um reflection really Mm -hmm. sitting down and thinking about it. What I suggest to people is, you know, before you're really dating, sit down and write out your list of like red flags and and things that you want to make sure that you're looking for that are like, okay, I need to stay away from this person if they exhibit these behaviors, right? And then when you start feeling that like new relationship stuff, go check your list and be like, okay, they're, you know, are they exhibiting this behavior? Are they exhibiting this behavior? So you know you're not getting sucked into a relationship that's unhealthy for you, right? And you got to sit down sometimes and really think, okay, you know, am I, you know, treating this relationship fairly? Am I trying to, you know, push my way into it, push in too fast? Am I treating my 
current partners, you know, the way that they're asking to be treated? Am I sitting down and listening to everyone in this situation, right? So a lot of reflection and mindfulness about your own behavior and the way that you're approaching things can really do a lot to temper that, that like rush of feelings. Wow. I love that tip. That is such a good tip. Writing down the red flags because oftentimes you get so (laughs) invested and I am, I've done that like 100%. And it's like, and then you kind of are like, you're like looking back at old text messages or something, or you're like looking back at something and you're like, huh, Mm-hmm. I really let that slide. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like, oh shit. Yep. I, I probably should uh, <laughs> yeah, think yeah. about that one. So I can totally see how it, it it can be super, super hard to like remove yourself. But I think writing those things down and really coming back to them and saying, Hey, you know what? That was a red flag of mine. And that's something that's a huge deal breaker, but I'm kind of just letting that slide. Yep. So hmm, maybe I maybe I come back to that. So yeah. that's that's a super good tip. Yeah. And what do you think um like how can this negatively affect us like moving forward if if you really have that new relationship energy like extreme mm. well especially i think the biggest negative effects can be if you have to give up the relationship right mm. If, if you're really deciding that okay this isn't right for me i need to get out of it um, even if you're you're making that good decision, right? You need to go through a grief period. Mm. You need to be able to grieve that relationship. Um, and this is one of the reasons that I, I think it can be really hard for you know couples new to this. And and one of the reasons I suggest people don't use veto power is because you've got one person vetoing someone usually experiencing this NRE and asking them to cut off this relationship. And then either way, you you have to go through this grief period, right? And not only are you going through grief, but when you cut that off, you cut off the, the neurotransmitters and the hormones, you literally go through, your body goes through depression, right? Mm. It drops down into a depressive state physically. And so you're fighting the grief and you're fighting your body going into this severe loss state. So you have to let that work out of your system, even if you know it's a good idea, or even worse, your partner has told you, no, you got to cut off this relationship. Now you're dealing with anger towards your partner and grief, right? At this. So it, it can be kind of um, a really hard thing to navigate, especially if you're not giving yourself space to grief or you're tra- trying to rationalize your way out of the grief. Like that was a terrible relationship and I I needed to be out of it anyway. No, just let the grief happen, right? Or the worst thing for grief is to what if it? What if I had done this different? What if I had done this different? What if we had done this different? Uh-uh, don't do that. Just like accept that it's over and move on, right? With yes. And feel it. What, what ifs can be the culprit of happiness, I think. Yep. It yep. really can. And I think even in breakups and and I've been doing a lot of friendship um, podcasts lately as well. Friendship breakups, mm-hmm. the whole nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah. think I think that really can be such a hard thing. I feel like when people break up, it's like, what did I do wrong? Mm. What could I have done better? You know, what if I did this differently? What if I did that differently? And it's mm-hmm. it's such a hard thing to comprehend. But at the same time, like you just said, you know, think about it in a sense of, you know, it's over it, that, that wasn't, that wasn't for me. 
and mm-hmm. and something out there is better for me. And yeah. I think that's 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 a huge that's a hu- when you figure that out in your head, it's like that's a game changer, I think, and in, in just finding like, you know what? That wasn't my person. I'm gonna move on and and you know, that just yeah. wasn't for me. Yeah, yeah. Or even more importantly, like it, you know, that we change, right? Even after a long relationship, right? It, it may have been right at one point, right? And it's not right now. And right. that doesn't mean that it wasn't right at one point. Totally. Right? Oh, I can completely relate to that. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it is just a hard thing when people get rejected. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I mean, that could be a whole other conversation, but I think rejection can be so hard to navigate. And, mm-hmm. and um. so I, so I guess that's my next question would be if, so say I am having the new relationship energy mm-hmm. and I get rejected by my partner. Mm-hmm. Is that like similar situation? Like, I guess that would probably be like, that would be, I would have to grieve and I would have to move on. But I guess in that situation, when it's rejection, mm-hmm. how, how would you suggest people navigate something like that? Yeah, pretty much the same way probably is what you've you know been talking about around the you know looking at it as you know it's probably a good thing to get that rejection now and move Mm -hmm. on right um this is a clear indicator that this was not the right relationship right this is and you know maybe you missed something i i like to say that um when you're looking at flags through rose-colored glasses, they all look like flags, right? Even the red flags look like flags. You can't see anything, right? And so you, it's time to take off the rose-colored glasses and maybe start seeing the relationship for what it was. Mm. And it might become easier to see that this wasn't the right relationship. Rejection is a statement that things just aren't right. And that doesn't mean it's you that's not right. It means it's the relationship that's not right. Right. Mm. And two people can be just fine. Right. Perfectly decent people and not make a good relationship. It doesn't say anything about those two people. That is so true. Mm. So true. Now, jealousy, obviously, that is a very, very complex. Yeah. I feel like there's so many there's just so much to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of even where to start on that one. I think. I mean, I think, do you, well, let me ask you this first. Do you think that every person has a little bit of jealousy in them? Or do you think that certain people are not jealous at all? I think some people, I have met people that I'm pretty sure don't have jealousy. Right. They feel a lot of compersion um, Mm. towards others. I think they've managed their insecurities on that front pretty well like they don't yeah. they just don't have abandonment issues in in general or you know they don't have resource guarding issues right like jealousy comes from a lot of different places. those tend to be the two biggest places and they just don't have them on those particular fronts mm. so they they go towards the other end of of compersion and they're they're good to go so i definitely met met a few of those yeah i have to i have to agree with you there was one ex-boyfriend that I swear to god I could do anything like I could go hang out with a guy all night long and he just Mm -hmm. didn't care at all and I was Mm -hmm. always like is that normal like because I was Mm -hmm. I had experience from you know previous relationships like Mm -hmm. jealousy and like oh like 
I don't really feel comfortable with you going to hang out with another man and and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so I think it depends on the person, but I, I think that there are certain people that are, you know, super jealous. And mm-hmm. I think that, like you said, that does stem from de- many different scenarios. Um, and then there's certain people that are just like, go with the flow. Like, I trust you, you can do yep. what you want type of thing. And, and so I guess, what do you think? Like, I mean, we could talk about so many different things within jealousy, um, but I guess in non-monogamous, non that's sometimes a tough one to say <laughs> non-monogamy <laughs> relationships mm-hmm. um how do you usually you know express to your your clients like if someone is having trouble with um jealousy how do you how does the relationship move forward mm-hmm. i think it depends on where the jealousy is coming from so we'll mm-hmm. often try to figure out you know some of the sources is this, you know, coming up from childhood stuff? Is this a jealousy that sort of existed as, you know, having feeling the need to resource guard in childhood, right? Mm-hmm. Or feeling the need to um, compare oneself in childhood, right? Like sometimes these things come out of childhood. Is this a thing where you had a previous relationship or in this relationship trust issues come up? right? Where there was lying or betrayal that often happened. So we got to start by tracing the source of the jealousy, because that's going to give you the, the, the judgments, right? That are floating around in that person's head that often um, pushes the, the spiral, the thought spiral that happens that's leading to the jealousy. Now, some people get, you know, feel some jealousy and they're like, ah, that's interesting. You know, I got to deal with that. And they just kind of go about their lives and, Mm -hmm. and sort of examine it and they don't really let it affect them. And some people really get swept up in their jealousy. Right. And they get carried away in it and then they engage in the behaviors. Right. Yes. that that include right that often these are band-aid behaviors that actually end up making things worse and worse and worse right so i might start with where is the jealousy coming from how bad is it affecting the relationship are you engaging in these band-aid behaviors that are actually making things worse um and you know if there are these band-aid behaviors you know i, I might address the behaviors first and if there's not the behaviors, then I'm just going to address the thoughts first. Where are those coming from? And and try to pull out the narrative that this person has from the feelings that they're having. Mm. Right. And so they can start to address the narrative. Is that narrative accurate? Do you need to verify anything with that narrative? Right. What needs are not getting met? Right. When this is happening, what behaviors are you seeing? What needs are not getting met? How do you get those needs met? Right. Are they, do they need to get met in this relationship? Can you meet them somewhere else? Right. So we start looking at various different strategies that this person is using to, to get their needs met. Interesting. Now, what would you say are some examples of the bandaid? So I think the biggest one, the most obvious one I see is like, you know, your partner goes out on a date with someone else and he might like text them right? Or, you know, have a a false emergency or something. Hey, you need to come home. Hey, I'm, you know, really hurting. I'm having an emotional breakdown with this. Or you get your partner to like cancel a date or move a date around. I'm not feeling good tonight, right? These, these little things that end up like, this is 
an example of something that tends to be worse, right? In the long run, you're fixing something in the short run, you're getting your partner to acknowledge you, make a sacrifice for you. It like fixes that, you know, um, need for connection in the moment, but it's damaging the relationship in the long run because, you know, the, this boy who called wolf phenomenon, you can only do that so many times before someone's like, okay, this, mm-mm, this isn't good, right? And you end up, you're not really fixing the underlying problem, which is the insecurity in the relationship, this need for validation, right? You got to figure out how to get that validation met somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? In a, in a healthier way. Um, and then, you know, for that, I would have to go into like, okay, why do you feel the need to reach out? How do we sit through this uncomfortable, you know, feeling? How do we, you know, get your head so that it's thinking long-term rather than short-term, right? So we would have to go through a bunch of stuff to work through that. Um, but like, that's one example. Or the other side, instead of doing the action is numbing out, drinking or getting sucked into video games or something where you just numb out right? Instead of addressing the emotion, which a lot of people use avoidant behaviors to Mm -hmm. just push through and ignore the emotion instead of facing the emotion, right? And they don't ever get to know this actually feels bad, right? And figure out what's going on for them. Very interesting. I feel like jealousy is very complex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is very, very complex. I think I mean, you've given me and me me and my listeners so many, so many good things to think about. And really, I think people, when they listen to this, they're really going to be like, oh, okay. Like maybe I can really like focus in on if I do some of these behaviors and really hone in on, okay, well, why do I feel that? And really just, just take away that feeling and just be like, okay. And really analyze things because I think that's a lot. I I mean, in my opinion, that's, it's a lot to do Mm -hmm. with like what this the jealousy is stemming from that makes complete yeah. sense to me um and i think i mean i think also the trust thing i mean that's that's a huge yeah. one i think that's probably that from my experiences and my friends and stuff like that from what i've heard is you know jealousy is a lot of the times a a, a mistrust or you know something happened and they broke the trust and they're still trying to to gain that trust back, which can be a very difficult thing to do, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so I guess in that situation, do you think that a lot of um, relationships, like when there is mistrust or there is some sort of lying situation, um, do you think that people can really move on from that and like move forward? Yeah, when it comes to lying or or breaking agreements, right? Mm. Oftentimes what you have to do is take a step back and examine what it is that's going on, right? What led to that behavior in the first place, the breaking the agreement, the lying, and and try to fix the underlying problem there before you move forward. And then you have to set up sometimes very rigid agreements and boundaries, right, to begin with with the understanding that, okay, we're going to have this rigid agreement or boundary for three months and test it out. And if you can stick to that, then we can like start getting, you know, let go of it, let go of it, let go of it. But the point is you have to stick to that to prove that you can stick to a, an agreement or boundary, right. That you can do this right now that we've addressed whatever the underlying problem is. 
but you you've really got to get to that you know what's the line well the line you know people who are chronic you know liars often don't feel like they can express themselves for whatever reason you know they don't feel like they've got a lot of fear around being honest so you know, do you feel like you've addressed that fear around being honest? Do you feel like you're being more honest? Okay, let's set up a boundary that like ensures that you're being honest around things. Let's set up an agreement that that makes sure that these things are getting said. Mm -hmm. And then let's go out and test this. And that's the thing that's difficult for the person who's been lied to is that you have to like allow that boundary to be tested. Yeah. You have to allow that agreement to be tested for some amount of time, right? And that can be, painful to allow that to happen definitely but it's got to happen that's a good way to put it though and I think yeah you kind of have to put your trust back in, in them and just hope that they're you know gonna do your agreement or mm -hmm. whatever the situation is and I think I think that will be the true test of mm -hmm. you know how things will move forward mm -hmm. yeah um any other advice on jealousy I guess that would probably be a good one is you know, something, someone moving forward and, and trying to move away from their jealousy. Obviously it depends on the, you know, where it stems from, but is there any advice you could give on just being jealous in general? Yeah. I think a lot of it comes from, you know, really slow down, journal out your feelings and journaling out stuff helps you slow down your thoughts and examine where these thoughts and feelings are coming from and you know what's going on for you and you know really looking at what what needs are not are not being met and how you can get those needs met I think that's really what it comes down to right and and examine what perceptions you have of what's going on Right. And are you just assuming the worst case scenario every single time or can you be assuming better case scenarios? Yeah. Right? A lot of times what people do is they get themselves in these negative thought spirals where they're just assuming the worst case scenario all the way down. Mm. Right. Instead of thinking, oh, there could be other scenarios and assuming the the neutral case scenario all the way. Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good one too. Is just when you're in that spiral of, oh my God, where are they? Are they <laughs> are they out doing something that they, you know, we didn't agree to or mm -hmm. whatever the situation is. So I think that's a good way to put it is try to stop in your tracks. Right. I love that. I love the idea of journaling and just really being able to put it on paper and really being able to slow down. That's that's beautiful. And just really being able to then read it, right? Because I'm sure it's very therapeutic to write it because I think writing down things is so helpful. I write notes all the time. Like I'm always <laughs> writing, I feel like. Um, and I think just being able to put your feelings down and stop and think about it, but also reflecting and like reading it again. And then you can kind of, you know, as you fill up your journal, mm -hmm. I think it might be really nice to just be able to look back on everything and be like, oh, okay, I was feeling that. And I've actually really grown from that point. Yeah. And I really, I've really made some progress with X, Y, and Z. And I think that, I think that's a, that's a beautiful way to just really be able to get your feelings out there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I always encourage people to slow themselves down. Our thoughts move way too fast for us to be able to examine them while they're floating around in our head, bouncing right. around in there. That's so true. 
that is so true um any last thoughts before we get into our game i don't think so i'm kind of excited to play this game yay i know it's super fun so it's just called this or that so you can pick whichever one you prefer so the first one is pizza or pasta oh probably pizza uh unless it's got pineapple on it absolutely no pineapple on my pizza (laughs) i am one of those (laughs) that's so funny i love it um fruit or veggies oh veggies a hundred percent well curly fries or waffle fries Mm, that's a difficult one I think I'm going to have to go with the curly fries because they're usually always like super crisp and they have some spices on them. Waffle fries, you know, you don't know quite what you're going to get all the time. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. That's a Mm -hmm. good point. The next one is, would you rather have the ability to talk to animals or the ability to control weather? Oh, talk to animals because I spend way too much time out in nature mimicking their noises and then wondering what I'm saying back at them. Oh my God, that's so cool. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Um, Online shopping or in-person shopping? Hmm. I am an online shopper because I I can't stand going to just stop (laughs) leaving my house. (laughs) Totally understandable. It's it's just been so, it's so convenient too. Like, you could be in any situation you could be at home like you could just mm-hmm. be like making dinner you're like oh shit I really need to order that online it's right? it's so convenient I, I do yeah. love it too would you rather direct a music video or direct a photo shoot oh probably a photo shoot I don't know that's a hard one um you know what I'm gonna go with music video I, I think because I like the, the movement more yeah. than the stillness. Yeah. Yeah. I like them. I, I couldn't choreograph it. It, oh, it would be s- silly. It would be like people acting silly things out, but it, it, it would not be dance. Yes. You could just, you could have a choreographer and then you do the rest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super cool. Um, would you rather live without movies or live without music? Probably live without music I don't I'm not like I don't listen to huge amounts of music already but I definitely watch a lot of a lot of horror movies actually nice nice (laughs) uh would you rather have eyes that film everything or ears that record everything Mm. probably ears that record everything I think I would get a little too traumatized probably by my eyes my eyeballs <laughs> I don't know I know it would be very I mean, either one would be very intriguing yeah sure. uh would you rather explore the sea or explore space oh that one is really difficult I already explore the sea I am a scuba diver oh cool uh, I Love think that. I would enjoy exploring space if we had um like actually had like warp drive I would definitely want to go explore space uh as as it stands now with the equipment we have no it's too boring there's not enough cool stuff near us (laughs) yes I totally see that uh would you rather give up technology or give up tv movies and books I don't know I could ever give up books 
but I think I'd rather give up TV movies and books than all of technology. I think if I have like the internet at my fingertips, I could keep myself plenty entertained. That's true. That's a good point. I know that's a hard one too. Cause it's like, it would be everything that we are, do now, like zoom and our, like, I, I have my job on the internet, like right? every single, our phones, like that's our mm-hmm. lives now. Um right. GPS. I don't even know how I would get around without a GPS. Like I remember the little, remember MapQuest when you had to oh, print yeah. out the di- directions? Yes. I think about that now and I'm like, how did I ever do that? It's <laughs> so what? Or back in the day when they just used right? a straight up map and like right? follow the route. Crazy. Yeah. Um, are you a night owl or early riser? Ooh, early riser. I get up at like six o'clock in the morning and I have tried desperately to go to bed later. Nope, not happening. I love that though, because then you can kind of get your day started and like, you can probably just get like, be so productive and just get so many things done. I do get a lot of things done. I don't get to party that much. <laughs> the first one gone from parties. Bye. It's 10 You're o'clock. Like Irish goodbye. I love yeah. it. Um, would you rather live by the ocean or live in a cabin in the woods? Oh, cabin in the woods. Absolutely. I don't like beaches that much. I love the woods. Love it. So that would definitely be mountains over ocean. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, and then the last one is sunrise or sunset. Mm. Sun. Uh, despite being a morning person, I like sunsets better. They're much. They tend to be much prettier as far as yes. I can tell. Agreed. Love that. Well, this was so much fun, Karen. Thank you yeah. so much for being here today and sharing all of your amazing knowledge. Uh, mm-hmm. Let everyone know where they can connect with you. Yeah, I think the best place to find me is the nonmonogamyacademy.com. That is where I actually have some uh, a course coming out for um, learning how to be non-monogamous. It's a five-part course. Uh, I do have a, a therapist website as well, but I'm completely full as a therapist, and it's for Washington State residents only, so mm-hmm. it, it's not very useful, but the, the nonmonogamyacademy.com website is definitely where people can find me and learn how to be non-monogamous, and I'll have a book coming out soon as well on, on that subject, probably awesome. in the next couple months, so... Oh, that's so exciting. Well, I'll definitely link your website on our show page or show notes um, so people can connect with you. But thank you so much for being here today. It was such a pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Karen and I. It was such a pleasure speaking with Karen today. I had so much fun talking about this awesome topic. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And definitely reach out and connect with me at My Naked Mindset on all of your social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, um, my free VIP Facebook group, My Naked Mindsetters, TikTok, let's connect. And you can also email me at mynakedmindsetpodcast at gmail.com. I appreciate you tuning in today. Love you all. Bye. Bye.